Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. JJ and Looney Podcast episode, what episode is it? 173. Powered by our friends at Bet Online, your number one source for your betting needs. You can get all the latest odds, lines, matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Got the NFL coming up. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your bets, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your phone, sign up today, and get in on the action. And remember, you can use the promo code BLEAV, believe, as in the Believe Audio Network, the platform where you obtain the JT and Looney podcast. BLEAV is the promo code. You get your 50% welcoming bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. Check it out. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome to our summer series podcast series, JT and Looney, as we continue on enjoying summer. Hey, I got a Moscow mule. It's it's not my bedtime yet. I have a Moscow mule and I feel tan and Tom, you look fabulous and great to join you again to talk about the summer. And summer is the greatest time of the year. It's just, I guess it goes back to childhood. So it never changes, right? Summer always has such a romantic feel to it. Because you don't have to go to school in July and August. Oh, well, and you so missed, uh, you, missed, you missed one big thing, not to yeah. interrupt. Unless you have smog from Canadian fires. <laughs> I look at the map. Right. My, oh, my, my God. Man, I'm, a, I'm a very simple man. A son of a conservative government accountant, a beautiful mom. I wasn't great in math. Or I would have been an accountant like my father. I would have been in math. I was a stockbroker at times. When I do the math of summer, to me, it's June, July, and August. That's it. June, July, and typically it's 30 days, 31 days in a month. So you're talking about roughly 90 days is your summer. If you lose two weekends in the 90 days to rain, and then you lose two weekends, say something happens, but the summer smog from the Canadian fires, we're losing actual days of our bleeping summer for that. A hundred and twenty million people are losing oh. their days right now because, as you know, my other job is as a news anchor in Los You're Angeles. You're a news boy, and uh, and uh, yeah, I covered those stories today. Fifteen different states having trouble today, and they were telling people don't do anything outside. Don't you know? No exercising outside. Fifteen states. They're telling them not to exercise outside from Chicago wide swath all the way to washington dc well it is a serious topic here because i don't want to see people lose any part of their summer but it's just amazing that you and i live most of our life well most of our lives out west now which is really that's a topic for a podcast but the fact that we we grew up and there were no canadian wildfires taking my summer that never happened when i grew up as a kid at Tobey beach and jones beach we didn't have to get off the beach or didn't want to go to the beach because there was canadian wildfires do i dare tip my dip my toe in this water here you know because this is really what upsets me 20 years ago it's probably 20 years ago give or take a couple of years go back in the hot tub time machine there was a movie that was made that should have been made by morgan freeman inconvenient truth it was about our changing climate and about what could happen if we don't do anything but they had it was hosted by Al Gore. Well, once you make something political, that's half the country's going to go. I don't like Al Gore. I'm not going to that movie. When if it was hosted by Morgan Freeman, everyone would have went. <laughs> it would have made it less political because we have to make everything political in this country. And 
all those things that he warned about in that movie are those things that are happening now. And we can't deny that. So you and I are not the ones that are qualified to host any uh, podcast on climate change. But I just want to point out that everything in that movie is coming true. And we might owe Al Gore an apology. Well, this is a wow. perfect segue. Let me give you some breaking news. Breaking news in Las Vegas, where I host a portion of the JT and Looney podcast. New record. It's been 291 days without a 100-degree high in Las Vegas. That is the all-time record. Oh, the record wow. before was 64 to 65. We broke it. Now, as we record this, tomorrow is supposed to be our first 100-degree day, and then we're going to 109. So forget about it. But the point is, it's been 291 days since we hit 100. And I want well, to that's thank good. You. A round of applause to you in the Southland of Los Angeles. If you didn't have such a great May, gray, June gloom, oh, every sweet. morning you came out and you looked at it and said, there's clouds everywhere. We wouldn't experience what we're getting in Vegas, which is some you know, nice weather, man. Ooh. 90 out here feels oh. like 70. 100 feels like 85. So we're about to uh, end it, but we break the all-time record thanks to the June gloom and everything that gets pushed from the West over through the desert and oh. gets to Vegas. And you know, there are those white weenies who love to tan, mm. I being one of them. And you know, one of the things, one of those fun facts is you get a great tan in clouds. So if you go out and do your exercising outside in the clouds, you'll get a great, you'll be a golden boy, just like Oscar De La Hoya, if you spend more time in the clouds. So I've enjoyed the June gloom and the May gray, and I've enjoyed not baking like a potato. Let's get to Shohei Otani. This is incredible what he's doing. So last year, Aaron Judge, my guy, won the MVP because he deserved it. He was better than Otani. He doesn't pitch, but Otani didn't pitch like Steve Carlton or Bob Gibson. He didn't have a Whitey Ford year. He's very good, but everybody said, oh, he pitches, so he must be. No, he's not great. He's not Sandy Koufax. He didn't have a Fernando Valenzuela year. He pitched at a very high level, but he hit. And everybody said, oh, my God, this is like club ball Little League. But this year, Otani, as Judge hurt his big toe, running into the wall at Dodger Stadium. You want a conspiracy theory? The Dodgers on their outfield wall had concrete where the gate is to get to the bullpen, and Judge is the only player, not Reggie Jackson in the late 70s, not Mookie Betts. Judge runs into that wall, fractures his toe. So he's pretty much done for the year for the MVP vote. But, Tom, I got to ask you, you live in Southern California. What the hell is going on with this guy? He is better than Babe Ruth. He might be the best baseball player of all time, but he plays on the Angels. Yeah, and that is a big problem. It's like playing for the Arizona Cardinals and being one of the best football players in the NFL. It's a tree that falls in the forest and no one hears it. And so is playing baseball uh, for the Angels. And it's probably good for him, at least initially in his career, get introduced to American culture through a city where that isn't all that passionate. You can make mistakes, et cetera. And he probably wouldn't want to finish his career as an angel. Uh, what idiot would want to do that? Shout out to Mike Trout. But, you know, hey, some people don't like to be, you know, Dwight Howard was one of those guys. They like to be on the team. And they like to be a star, but they don't want to be the guy in the spotlight. And it's also difficult being the guy in the spotlight when English is your second language. We've seen that in boxing with some great superstars over the years who would have been bigger superstars had they been able to go on Jay Leno. And I think that's another thing that holds Otani back. 
But forget that. That would be like picking on the wart on Lincoln's face. We got to enjoy this. How often does it happen? And we don't enjoy it often enough when it does. Uh, maybe because we're so overwhelmed now with different media. But God, you know, this is Babe Ruth stuff. And Babe, everyone, no matter how, you know, Babe Ruth is one of those legends beyond legends, transcends generations. And that's hard to do. And when you mention in the same breath, then everyone's got to pay attention. Yeah, Babe Ruth did it before television. Yeah. That sink in. And we're still talking about it. Yeah. Picture from Boston before the trade to the Yankees. And the thing about Babe Ruth that'll never be beat, he hit more home runs than entire teams. Yeah. Right. Otani's right. not going to hit more home runs than entire teams. Right. But as we uh, jump into this, I just wanted to mention his stats, which are pretty incredible. Usually, I use a couple of different websites. Let's use ESPN.com, and I look right. at the stats, and across the entire stat sheet, it's him. So batting average 304, home runs 28, RBI 64, on-base percentage 386, and hits 93. That leads the team in every category, including Mike Trout. And here's what blows me away. I'm a big Trout fan. And Trout got that $400 million contract, which was the best thing he should have done for his family and himself. Generational wealth yep. in a sport now that you can get $300 million. Judge just got $360 million. Otani, and we'll get to what he could make. But Otani has, he's blowing away Trout. 93 hits to 71. He's got more doubles than Mike Trout. Who has who has more triples than Mike Trout? Mike Trout has none. Otani has right. four. Trout's got 17 home runs. Otani's got 28. And in the RBIs, it's not even close. 64 to 41. Otani even plays more games, 79 to 75. And here's the one that blows me away the most. Shohei Otani has 11 stolen bases to Trout's two. A guy who's a gargantuan large man. <laughs> that should not be. Should not be stealing bases, so he tears his calf or he breaks his hand going into the base, whatever it is. So I'm sold. I wasn't sold at the level that a lot of people are in the Southland because I'm a Aaron Judge guy. Right. Big Aaron Judge guy. So I wasn't blown away. And I've seen Lou Gehrig's stats and Pete Rose hits and all that. But he is so must-see TV. And it's a shame he's in Anaheim because Anaheim shouldn't be so small. Anaheim should be big because of the population right. of Anaheim. You're on the news every day in Southern California. Can you give me an idea of the population breakdown between Los Angeles County or Anaheim or the OC? There's still a lot of people that live in Orange County that should be supporting this kid. Well, also remember a couple of decades the Rams played in that stadium in Anaheim. And it's, uh, it's an incredible uh, place to live. It's a beautiful place to live. You got, they called themselves the Los Angeles Angels. But the Los Angeles Rams called themselves the Rams and played in that stadium. Why can't the Angels? And they were originally the Los Angeles Angels, unlike the Dodgers, right? So they have a right, every right to call themselves that. It hasn't worked. And it, it's just one of those phenomena over the years. Their fan base is so small, like the Arizona Cardinals or the L.A. Clippers, and they can't seem to get out of that hole. Yeah, the, the other thing with Otani, which is a big deal for me, I grew up, I think, Ron Guidry went 25-3 and three one of the years. And there's been wow. guys, Denny McClain, Google his stats. And, again, Steve Carlton was great. And Sandy Koufax might be the greatest of all time. Otani, uh, through 16 games started, is 7-3. Seven 7-3, and, three, seven and three, which is you know very impressive. He's got a winning record. He doesn't play on a very good team. 
He's got a 3.02 ERA. And I look at his numbers overall. He's got 127 strikeouts, which is really big. So he's a very good pitcher, but he is not one of the elite pitchers of all time. No. I think he's going to be one of the elite sluggers of all time. And if you bring it to the fact that he pitches, isn't that the fascination? Is that we're making his pitching stats, which are good. They're not all time. And we're elevating them and we're exaggerating them because he can hit. <laughs> we're watching well, him hit home runs, two home runs a game, and we're going, holy crap, he's pitching on top of it. Is that, what, is that what's part of this phenomenon? Well, of course it's part of this phenomenon because it doesn't make sense to us. Uh, how often have you spent on the air? How many hours have you spent on the air? And if you added up the hours uh, and minutes and hours, it might even be days that you've been on the air mocking baseball players who can't hit, who can only pitch, or, uh, or, or the other way around. And we have someone that can do this. Now, is this going to inspire a generation of players who are going to want to hit and pitch? We certainly hope so, but don't hold your breath, right? Well, Tiger Woods did that. He, he inspired a generation who wanted yeah. to drive the ball farther than everybody right. and chip better than everybody. And he inspired a generation of people who look like him uh, to, to play golf because a lot of people who weren't white didn't play golf. So he really, that's also a whole other way that he inspired generations. And I hope Otani eventually, it's really tough to learn a second language and as, a, as an adult, it's so much easier as a child, but it would really do so much more for his branding. But I don't even know if he needs, does he need more? He's going to be his next, what's his next contract going to well, be That's like? what I want to dive into oh. here. Because I think the important part of this is it's a really big dilemma for Artie Moreno, who all accounts are, he wants to get out of baseball. He wants to right. sell the team. And he should. He should sell the team. Michael Jordan just sold and is in the process of selling the team in Charlotte. When you think of what he's doing here and how he's selling his basketball team and what he bought it for and the billions he's selling for it, Artie Moreno could do the same thing because of baseball and yep. the, the fact that it went up. And I remember we were on the radio for so long together. And when Artie Moreno bought the team, his number one thing he did the first day is he lowered the price of beer. Yep, remember that? Yeah, it was he great. To win the PR battle. Remember that story? Yep. He lowered the price of beer, and everyone, who's this guy? Oh, he must be cool. Moreno is his name. He bought the Angels, and he's lowering the price of beer. Now he wants to get out of that business. But here's the problem with Otani. He's a Mexican cable guy, I think, right? Didn't he, didn't yeah, he, he make he, his money in millions doing in cable right. television in Mexico? And on top of this, what ha the dilemma that they have now is you got to get rid of Otani because when he's an unrestricted free agent, you're going to get nothing for him. There is a 0 0.0001 chance that he stays in Anaheim. No chance. Zero. And everybody else wants him. So if you don't move him, if you move him now, you're going to get an entire farm system of players. You can get four or five players. You might get a star player, but the fact that the Angels are good this year, they can't afford to do it. So what I believe is going to happen is because everybody gets a juice box. Everybody gets a car. Oprah, everybody gets something. <laughs> There's three wild cards in baseball, Tom. There's three. So if they don't win the division and they have a chance to do that on the outside looking in, as I look at the standings here, the Angels are going to make the playoffs no doubt as a wild card if they continue to play at this pace. If they're able to do this, they're five games back of the Texas Rangers. And the Rangers are a good team, but come on. Let's see where the Angels are at the end of the year. Great right. manager, Bruce Bochy. But let's assume that the Angels make the wild card. What would happen 
if the Angels got rid of Otani, did the right thing, because as of now, they're in business the wise did the right thing. You're saying yeah, yeah. business wise, it's clearly the right. You're thing. supposed to be the voice of the fan here. <laughs> they, have, they have no chance to win the World Series, even if Otani gets hot. And this is my hook to this conversation. Okay. Say Otani wins 21 games. Otani hits 55 home runs, which he could. They're not going to win the World Series because their team, he only pitches every five days. In the World Series or the playoffs, he'll obviously pitch more, and he'll hit every game. But they're not good enough, even with Mike Trout, which is insane that I'm saying this, that they can go deep, deep, deep into the playoffs and win the World Series. So what I would do is I'd go, hey, we're going to have Otani. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to sell out games in July and August. Everybody come to the ballpark. You'll never see them again in the Angels uniform, but maybe we can do what the Phillies did last year, be the third wild card and make it to the World Series. That's what the Angels have to be banking on. And let me switch it from X's and O's on the left brain to the right brain, where I always like to live, of course, the creative side, and that is where do you think he's going to go? Well, that's a great question. I think it, it, it makes the most sense to go to the Dodgers. It makes the most sense to keep him out west where he's the most familiar and keep him with the Dodgers. The Dodgers can afford it. The Dodgers roster is not what it was last year, two years ago. It's still a very good roster, but it's not what it was at its peak. And he could fill it there. The rosters, as you always, uh, the Dodgers, as you always say, can sell a, a painting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They can sell a Van Gogh or Renoir and pay for him. And here's another thing. And it's like, remember when Albert Pujols was a free agent and I told you Artie Moreno is going to come in last and he's going to talk to Albert Pujols in the language of his mother because we had one Major League Baseball owner who spoke Spanish, and that was Artie Moreno. And he got him. He got Pujols in, speaking uh, to Pujols in Spanish. Well, fast forward to the Dodgers. Who's the Dodgers manager? Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts' mother is Japanese. Oh. Dave Roberts can speak Japanese. Fun fact. I think that that's going to help. Don't you think? I mean, it, I mean that, it helps when you speak in the language of someone's mother and you're negotiating and trying to get them to come into your business and play. And you don't even have to sell your house. You can make a lot more money and have a lot more stardom. That's why I think it'll also work creatively within the brain of Shohei Otani of, oh, okay, that makes me comfortable because here's, you know, now I got a boss who can talk to me in the language of my mother. Well, it's a JT and Looney podcast, and I just want to mention this. You know, I'm fascinated with the gateway to the Pacific Rim. I've never been to Tokyo. I've never been to the Far East, but I'm fascinated. I'll get there someday. Do you know how many Asians are in San Francisco in the Bay Area. True. You know how perfect he would work there. And in Seattle, as we've always said on the radio, the gateway to the Pacific Rim. If you want to have... Hey, and, and by the way, a ton in Orange County where the Angels play. If you want to look at the volume of Asian Americans that live from Los Angeles to mm. Seattle, it's enormous. That's where he has the most popularity. You're right. Yep. The fans it, it, there and the broadcast rights going over going over to Japan and all that. So, yes, a really interesting question. And, and, and here's another thing, too, about which which keeps it in Los Angeles. Is, see, uh, the uh, Chavez Ravine, where the Dodger Stadium has been, where Dodger Stadium has been built, is right in this perfect location where all the freeways meet. 
and Dodger Stadium is high above Little Tokyo and Chinatown. So it's also high above uh, area and, and not far from stones throw from Koreatown. So uh, there's a lot of faces that look like his in Southern California that would love to have him stay. So I want my Yankees to get him. I want to have Cole. I want to have Cole and Otani together. I want to have Judge and Otani together. Don't tell me about money. We got plenty of money in New York. We got all the money in the world. Stanton's a bum. You when you and I put teams together, you know I never give a shit about money. This is such a big point that I'm going to make at the end. Such a big point on Otani. Because of Stanton. Because of Stanton and that enormous $300-plus million contract that they're whittling down, and they're still well over, I think, $100 million. They can't do it. If Stanton was gone, that bum... If they got rid of Giancarlo Stanton, if they got rid of him, they could afford Judge and Otani. They'd be two enormous contracts. New York's never. New York had Dave Winfield. They had Reggie Jackson and Munson at the same time. You go back in Yankee history, Ruth and Gehrig, whatever it is, Mantle. You got DiMaggio. They could afford anybody, but they can't do it. They can't have Stanton's contract. They can't have Otani. And the Mets, I want to throw the Mets in because the Mets are panicking now because the Mets stink. They stink, and the Mets would love to get Otani in there too because of the size of the Asian American population in, in New York. York. Yeah. In New York, they can pull it off, but count out Chicago, count out Milwaukee. <laughs> you don't think he's going to play for the gritty, gutty Rays? Can you? Rays? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I mean, the Rays all of a sudden come in and say we're offering him 400 million. Oh my, do it! The Pod Squad. I'm going to be in San Diego coming up here. Yeah, they've been rolling out the Brinks truck for everybody. So for Shohei Otani, I'll just wrap it up by saying this. I'm a Babe Ruth guy. I have Babe Ruth memorabilia in my house. And not real Babe Ruth memorabilia, but photos, nothing signed. I'm a big Babe Ruth guy. And I'm disgusted when people discount Babe Ruth because he's not here to defend himself. Shohei Otani is the best baseball player currently anywhere around the world. And he has a chance to be the greatest baseball player of all time because of his combination of pitching. And hitting. Now let's get back to our summer series. Oh, before we do, just one little fun fact for you too about Giancarlo Staten, that as you call him. You know, our friend Lee DeLapp, who was our producer uh, back in the hot tub time machine, went to high school with Giancarlo Staten. He said in high school, Staten's name was like Chipper or something like that, but it was not Giancarlo. And he jazzed up his name before he became a professional baseball player. And the rule in life is uh, you got to call people what they want to be called. All right, let's get to what to eat. This is the focus of our summer series. <laughs> our summer series is this one. This edition is going to be barbecuing and what to eat in the summer. So I'll begin. I love to barbecue year round. I live in Vegas, so you can barbecue year round. I love it in the summer because it's so hot here. I'm less hungry. I'm less right. hungry and I want to eat better, but I don't know if I, eat better because i love to barbecue so much so i'm always barbecuing anything that tastes great from burgers to steaks i eat a lot of steaks in the summer where a lot of people who are listening to the podcast eat most of their steaks in the winter right it's cold right. out they're gonna get a steak in the summertime i'm flipping it on the barbecue i like to add corn how come i don't eat that much corn i eat a ton of it in the summer i eat it on thanksgiving i don't eat it most of the time here what do you suggest is the key to eating properly and taking advantage of barbecuing and a summer appetite? 
Oh, a lot of times, too, because the key word there is properly for me, because, you know, I eat like Miss America. I'm, I'm watching my protein, my carbohydrates and being very careful and avoiding the bread. One of those weenies. And there's a great way you can still enjoy barbecue and, you know, in, incorporate it into your, your your fitness routine. And that is stay away from the bread. You can you can you, you can put your your sweet potatoes or your potatoes on the uh, on the barbie. And a lot of people would like to stay away from those. But let's just stick making it simple. Also, go with turkey burgers, turkey burgers, the 15 percent, not, not the low fat turkey burgers, the 15 percent turkey burgers. And you roll them up and you uh, you actually slice, slice and dice the onions and put them in the meat. Ah! When you throw it on the burger, it comes up terrific. They're nice and crispy inside the meat. You know, I've been going through lately an American cheese phase. I'm a cheese Ooh, nut. There's Swiss no car. Guy. I'm a Swiss guy. Wow. I've never liked Swiss. Swiss wow. Yeah. American cheese. God oh, it's bless a- America. <laughs> That's my, it's an, I, I got some by accident. And then because I thought it was cheddar, I wasn't paying attention because uh, I'm a cheese nut. And I like my shit. And there's cheese cannot be too sharp. I like my extra sharp cheese. But I'm going through a phase now. And maybe it's sentimental. What I grew up eating, same reason I like spaghettios. Shouldn't be eating spaghettios, but every once in a while, just because it makes me feel eight years old. And uh, another thing, to, to, if you're going to uh, just do the bun, always keep them simple. The simple white buns, because it's about the meat. No fancy buns, no nothing. No, don't let the bread overwhelm the barbecue. It's got to be the cheap buns. Don't worry about the cheap white buns because you want the meat to shine through my memories of the summer and barbecues my dad my mom my mom prepared unbelievable salads i was a macaroni salad guy so here are your choices oh. here are your choices it's potato salad your irish side wow potato salad coleslaw and macaroni salad growing up in massapequa long island i liked them all oh I yeah coleslaw i don't remember a lot of coleslaw as a kid i mean i don't either I remember a tremendous amount of potato salad, but more oh. importantly, macaroni salad. And whenever it was in my refrigerator with my two young sisters, my dad, I remember my mom having the the big, you know, Tupperware size bowl. She'd right. macaroni salad. And I could sit in front of the TV in the summer and watch the Yankees and eat that all night long. I just, oh, that. So, I you know, with, with the, with the, go to, because that's oh. gotta be, we're not doing, we're not doing Latino Los Angeles. Cause we have, Ceviche, we have. Oh, right. And ca- I, car- yeah, I, I'm talking right. barbecue here. What's uh, right. And I could with, with barbecue, you can do carne asada, even if you do have, you know, even if Mexican food isn't your your big thing. A, a carne asada that's been a, a preparado, as they call it, prepared carne asada is incredible and so easy. You throw it in the barbecue, you turn it over a couple of times, and it's done. But you brought back some incredible memories for me because I try to stay away from it now. But the potato salad, both on my Irish and Polish side, I had a Polish grandmother who would make potato salad because she had an Irish husband that she loved, my grandfather. And the Polish loved the potatoes as well. They put them in the pierogies. And uh, another a delicacy that is not for summer barbecuing that I just love. But, yeah, potato salad. I could eat just, a matter of fact, if it's all there was left on the earth was potato salad, I would be just fine. Now let's get into the etiquette of barbecuing because you got to start yep. the grill and you got to let the grill get hot. It's a big mm-hmm. mistake. Now, my sons are both barbecuing. My oldest son is really good at it. 
and he ah. loves the barbecue. And then my wife and my son would mock me because sometimes I just make it a little too well done. Wanted mm-hmm. to make sure it was all good. And my son really looks at YouTube and he'll get ready for a recipe and he seasons the meat and he does it right with the pepper and the salt and the marinade on the chicken. I, I just, I love the way he barbecues because he takes it serious. But he lets that barbecue get hot and it gets really hot. So when it's over 350 and it's going to 400 and you're ready to throw it on there, you got to be really sharp because that shit can burn quick. <laughs> yes, you have a lot of things going on in that barbecue. You got some chicken going on here. You got burgers. You got a steak. You got some fillets, whatever it is. And one side of the grill starts catching the grease, and then it goes to the other side, and you got a big flame going. So I think the etiquette of a grill is take your time. If you got a lot of people over, say you got 30 or 40 people. Now, if you got 10 or 15, you can take your time. But if you got 30 or 40 people, Tom, they're all hungry. They don't want to eat. And you got to make sure the food comes out on time and it's fresh and it's hot. And then you have to let it sit for a little bit. And then you notice there's three, four, five people online that does eight, nine, 10, 11. So what do you think about the etiquette? I think you just slow it down. You remind people oh. we're going to eat on our time. We're not going to rush it. We're preparing the food. Have a Modelo, kick back and wait for the food, and we'll tell you when it's ready. Great advice on your part, but <laughs> earlier I was talking about two guys that should not be talking about climate change, you and me. I told people to listen to other people like scientists. You should also shouldn't listen to either one of us if either one of us ever says, take your time. <laughs> it's a microwave. We do yeah, because we do. two guys. I am, you know, I watched some of the documentaries now on Anthony Bourdain, which fits into this conversation so nicely in so many ways. And he had a, a, a quality like you and I do, do, and that is in a hurry. Anthony Bourdain was always in a hurry, even though he wasn't in a hurry. And I am so much the same way. And I remind all loved ones to remind me, remind me I'm not in a hurry <laughs> when I'm driving. I do that uh, you know, daily. Uh, and that's the real best advice you've ever given on the show, especially if you're barbecuing and you have guests. Just take your time and with life, enjoy the journey. Last on our summer series with barbecue because Hoda does it. She she steps out on the plaza. They cut. You want to see a freaking show kill more time? The Today Show will go out on the plaza and they'll bring real barbecues out there. I don't know where they get them from. And Carson Daly's there and they all cook and they kill time because some days it's not a big news day. <laughs> Lastly, is fruit overrated at a barbecue? It's fruit, watermelon. Orange, whatever you're going to have, is it overrated? Stick to the salads, the meat and potatoes. Have all the food there. It, should we have even fruit out there? It attracts flies. Why <laughs> it flies? What do you think uh, of that? I, I'm a big fan, and here's why. Because if we want to live a healthy life and live a long life, and what's more important, the biggest miracle that could happen to you on Earth is actually even existing, because the odds of us even existing are so huge, which is why... Again, we've got to enjoy the journey and take our time. Have a theme here: uh, fruits and vegetables. A lot of people, you know, when it comes to working out and bodybuilding, or people walk up and say, "What do you eat?" Which is a really important question now that has evolved in the fitness world because it's important because you you can only work out an hour, an hour and a half a day. What do you eat in the other twenty three? Fruits and vegetables, like Grandma used to say, like Grandma Looney used to say, fruits and vegetables. Yeah, there's never anything wrong with having I get fruit. The Look, I get the vegetables. It's yeah. a barbecue. 
but I'm just asking you, do you want to go down the road? Do you really have to prepare the few? Is it really worth like my beautiful wife having to sit there and cut up a watermelon and really cut it up and get it out there to prepare for that? Can you get away with that without doing it? Or do you have to have it because we're zombies and we all believe you have to have a bowl of watermelon there beautifully sliced for everybody at a barbecue? Uh, no, it's the get-together that's the important thing. And if you don't want watermelon at your get-together, then don't bring watermelon to your get-together. You're already generous enough to invite people over, and you got the barbecue, you got the potato salad going, you have your son doing it for you. Yeah, if you don't want watermelon there, then don't bring watermelon there. I say yes, bring it on. But if you think it's a too annoying and you don't want to have your wife over there cutting it up, then don't bring it. Uh, last one on our summer series, the barbecue edition, beer or wine Ooh. or if you're going to do a great barbecue there's a lot of people that are really really snobby about what's there they'll okay. dive into a cooler and grab a bud light maybe not right now they'll grab a good <laughs> cerveza they'll want some white wine i don't touch white wine i only drink big bold cabs and i can't have big bold cabs i guess i'm gonna get locked up if i have a big bold cab in july and august so what do you like to drink you know i'm Medello, one of our proud partners on the podcast when you go to a barbecue and you're Tom Looney, do you want a cocktail? Do you want a beer, a great American beer? Or do you want to go off the grid and have something else? Oh, beer is a big social drink for me, especially at a, at a barbecue, too. And it goes so well with everything. And as you mentioned, too, red wine goes really well with a lot of the stuff on that barbecue as well. But uh, take, right? I, 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 I think just like martinis, wine would do so much better if it came in a more masculine glass. Those goddamn wine glasses and those martini glasses are are so Richard Simmons. <laughs> we, we've got to have more masculine glasses to drink our wine and drink our martinis. So as we look back at the barbecued summer series edition, we both agree. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy the we're going to barbecue year round. We all have you can have propane yep. on your back porch. I got yep. buddies of mine in Buffalo that will take that cover off. It is literally six, seven degrees, and they'll go out there and they'll flip burgers and they'll barbecue and people that'll do it. But we should enjoy the summer in the summer, no matter how many radio shifts I'm doing, how many bleeping hours I'm working. I always am out at the grill. I'm barbecuing all summer long. It brings me back to my youth, my mom and dad, my sisters, the neighbors coming over, my cousins on the weekend. There's nothing better than a barbecue and Tom, I hope you're barbecuing in Hollywood where a lot of people just want to get takeout or go down to as you said. Oh, of course. They'll just go down to Koreatown and get a delicacy. I hope you get out on the backyard barbecue and enjoy the rest of the summer. With two slices of cheese on that cheeseburger. Two slices of cheese. Enjoy the summer. The biggest update we got is your American cheese guy. We'll see you back next. <laughs> Download, subscribe, and share. Thank you for listening to all 34 minutes and 34 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. So symmetrical. We're powered by our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.